You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall joined by Jake Simone. The NFL draft is over with. The dust has completely settled, and we are going to go through each and every team's draft class looking at the best picks that they've had, the worst picks that they've had, and of course, giving the letter grades for each team on today's program because we all know that you listeners just love it when we are grading or analyzing, whatever it may be. You, you guys seem to like that, so we will uh, we will do our best to get that to you. We are also following up on promises that we made last week. We are going to be talking about The Bachelor. Spoiler alert, my deep sleeper is going to be Matt James. So we will uh, fill you in on what's going on in the uh, the wonderful world of, of Bachelorland. And then another promise that we made last week at the very end of the show, we will be doing a Kenny Chesney Mount Rushmore. So as I mentioned, joined by Jake Simone. Jake, how is Atlantic City? Well, my deep sleeper will tie into it. Um, a little bit of a spoiler for the people, but it's a great time. Didn't lose all my money. That's great. That's wonderful news. Had a, had a nice little long shot bet that I hit too. Um, Justin Fields to the uh, Chicago Bears plus sixteen hundred odds. Might have put twenty bucks on that. Not bad. And then it went straight to the blackjack table. <laughs> but it, it was a great weekend. Yeah, it was a great weekend, but I'm hyped to be here, man. Good talking to you as always. So why don't we just get right into it? We have a lot to talk about. Deep sleeper. Jake, you know what? I want to I want to give my deep sleeper first because yeah. we know we know what it is. It's Matt James and this love triangle that now has a new road that it is traveling down in the form of Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell are actually trying to patch things up. What the fuck? Out of left field. Out of left field? Try out of the fucking ballpark. Yeah. Did not see it coming. This is the same guy. I just want everyone to be well aware. In case you're new to the program, welcome. Second of all, you fill everybody in on, on exactly what has led to this point. So... Matt James, ex-lead of The Bachelor from the most recent season, picked Rachel Kirkconnell to win his season. Images emerged of Rachel Kirkconnell participating in an antebellum party back in college. And, of course, Matt James being the first black male to be the lead of The Bachelor series. That did not necessarily go over too well after the fact and the bachelor franchise did its best to do damage control on that did not work out too well thank you chris harrison even though we do love you and i hope to see you back on the program very 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 soon but now the fallout from this matt james went, said he went to therapy said he was emotionally traumatized by the whole experience says that he's not sure if he could ever be the same person ever again and what does he do he goes back and he is Trying to mend things, I don't know if I would say dating, because dating is, I don't even know if that's like the, the correct term to describe this, but is trying to mend things with the person who he said gave him, and I quote, emotional trauma. What? What? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Maybe he's 
trying to look uh, look into the changes Rachel made and trying to uh, salvage because they did have a connection. There's no denying that, and they're giving it another go, and all the happiness to him. That's really all there is to say there. He's, he's a very unpredictable guy, this Matt James, uh, for sure. And uh, You could say that again. Hopefully we just have a smoother season with Katie and uh, Michelle. I actually heard some rumors about the show getting canceled after Michelle's season. Huh? Yeah. What? That'll never happen. I don't know, man. It looks a little dicey. That'll that'll never happen. That'll never, ever happen. But, yeah, uh, Matt James is uh, he's un- unpredictable. I wonder what, what will be next with him. And it feels like every month there's a new story with Matt James and the light. The Bachelor really changed him. I mean, if you asked him, do you regret doing that show? I think he would tell you yes. He regrets oh, doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely he would. 100 yeah. million percent. So now all, that back, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say all the contestants that were like best friends. I always see them on Instagram, just hanging yeah. out. Like they all love each other. They were with it's, it's, the, it's the like bachelor. It's like a fraternity and a sorority. Let me tell you something. The bachelor girls were hanging out with the bachelorette guys in New York city. Some of images course. emerged of, Hey, listen, I could you know, play a little matchmaker myself and draw some conclusions. <laughs> you know? Good looking guys, good looking girls. We, we could pair them up and let, let's just have a, a separate bachelor season of, uh, Claire slash Tasha's contestants and <coughs> excuse me as well as um, what do you call it Matt James's girls and they could all pick everyone wins everybody wins in this instance one more deep sleeper that I want to give and this is uh, no free advertising of course but I do have to promote two wonderful shows um, on MTV next week Wednesday night 8 o'clock Siesta Key Nine o'clock, the hills. Two fabulous programs. Cannot wait. That's awesome. I probably what? won't watch, but the hills, the hills is okay. The hills is okay. I like it. But Siesta Key, ooh, great program. And I don't know, are you a um, are you a Big Brother guy, Jake? A big who? Big. <laughs> like, is that a show, Big Brother? You don't know Big Brother? No. Okay. We know it from a hole, a hole in the wall. I just started Big Brother, and it's it, it's okay. It's okay. Anywho, my time. Your time. Deep sleeper, real quick. Casino security cameras. We need to have a conversation. And there was one gentleman that was screwed by the casino, to say the least. Like, oh, I completely can't like royally. So this nice gentleman was just uh, playing a little blackjack, having a good time, enjoying a nice adult beverage, just normal things. And he went to, I, I know you're looking at me right now through the camera, he went to hit. And the dealer didn't give him his card. And he was like, yo, like, what the, f-? like, he had a great hand. And the only thing he got was $100. Like, if he would have kept going, he would have won and this poor guy was like, I lost $700 here tonight. And security was like, hey, we know we screwed you, but sorry. Like, here's your $100. No fucking way. And he wouldn't have even gotten that if the security camera wasn't even there. 
fuck that. Freaked out. I've never seen someone freak out so hard, but like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like me and my good buddy were there. We were playing and we're like, yo, like we support this guy. Like we're talking to, you know, fuck that, that, that sucks. That brutal. So he went, he put it down, went to hit dealer. Didn't even acknowledge and just kept on going. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that, that dealer sucks. That dealer was just like she was shaking too. Oh, I would have been like I was probably was like freaking she, the fuck he out. Was, he was talking and she didn't like say anything back to him. Like she was just like ignoring him. Well, she probably knew she fucked up. Oh, bro, low key. I mean, I hope she still has a job and all. That's not what I'm. I wouldn't be shocked if she's not dealing there anymore. I wouldn't be surprised. She might have got moved to the uh, other duties of the casino. She she might have gotten moved. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't even say she got moved to the Texas Hold'em tables because probably the Texas Hold'em tables are uh, well. And that isn't necessarily doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, know how to deal Texas Hold'em. She might have been dealing with the uh, tablet support, slot support. She could have been. She could have been. She could, she could have been dealing with all the uh, the old grandmas who are uh, sitting in the slot machines with their uh, with their coins, just feeding the machines all day. It was a crazy experience, though. So deep sleeper. Casino security cameras. Now, what casino did you go to? You could you, you could plug the casino. We, we, this, we like this, we like casinos. This one was at Billy's. Okay, I do not. Um, but I went to resorts. I went to Tropicana, and um, Billy's. But Billy's is really good, though, man. Yeah, I've heard good things about Billy's. I haven't heard so many good things about Tropicana, but I have heard some good things. Tropicana's about got a great restaurant called the Palm. Got to go there I, at some that point. That I have heard. That I have heard. But, Resorts was a good time. Um, the sports book, though, Billy's was insane. Oh, I'm sure. It was FanDuel, brand new, like really clean. It was awesome. But we love FanDuel. We we stayed at resorts, but it was a great time. So you were able to just lounge at one place and then just go to kind of hop. Yeah, wanted to go. We yeah, wanted to see it because it was new. So it was a little bit of casino hopping. It's not the best area, so um, no, nope. stay on the boardwalk. Hey, you know what? As long as you had a good time, that is all that matters. Exactly. And that's, you do not lose a game. lot of money. No. Bet I bet responsibly. Thank you, Justin Fields going to the Chicago Bears. Save the it saved he, me. He funded he funded a night of gambling. He really did. <laughs> and then I mean I lost a couple over unders, but I won a couple over unders too. I probably like evened out or broke a little even on him. But thank you. I bet on a minus two hundred prop too, because I'm like, bro, it's a lock. I bet on Travis Etienne over Javante Williams. Like only minus two hundred. Jesus. I laid the lumber. I put 400 bucks on it. I would have. I was I like, there's no, there's no way on God's green earth that Travis Etienne's going after Javante Williams. I was shocked. I'm shocked that was minus 200. It really wasn't that steep. No. You want to hear what's crazy, though, because I, I know we, we're getting into the draft. Trevon, Moore, yeah. uh, Trevon Merrick, the safety that went to the Raiders, which, mm-hmm. you know. They thought they were being cute by trading over Dallas Stegham. That's re- anyway, re- really sweet. He was minus 700 to be the first safety drafted, and he was the third safety drafted. Jesus. No such thing as a lock. No, there's no such thing as a lock, especially with the draft, when it is when it is totally funny season. Yep. Completely uh, funny season. So let's just go right into the, uh, the draft grades here, and we're going to go in alphabetical order. Like I, like I said at the top, and we're also going to be giving our best picks and our worst picks. I mean, 
I, I know it's easy to say, you know, oh, our best pick was the guy they took at the fifth round, you know, great value. Or worst pick of being, I don't know why they took the guy in the first round, but we'll try and diversify it as best as we possibly can. But Jake and I, of course, are going off of the countless hours that we both have collectively spent watching these prospects, watching their film. And well, now we know where they're going to be playing their professional ball. Now we're going to be analyzing fits. We're going to be looking at value in terms of where they were drafted as well. So now it's just really analyzing the results of the draft, which is always the uh, the let's best part. Let's do it. So let's start it off, shall we, with the Arizona Cardinals. A little bit of a surprise, Jake, at the, at the top with with Zayvon Collins, but his his uh, I don't know if you heard the uh, secret audio. Oh, that it was electric. Electric. It was awesome. That that might be and- like the pick of the draft just based on that alone. And I liked Zayvon Collins, but a little too early for my blood, man. I, I I thought so too, but you know he's a physical, physical player, six five two seven. They need defense, so yeah, they yeah. they need they definitely do need a defense. So uh, Jake, we'll uh, we'll start it off with you. Your best pick for the Cardinals, your worst pick for the Cardinals, and then an overall uh, overall letter grade. Yeah, I thought their best pick was Tay Gowan, two hundred twenty third overall. We talked about him on the defensive podcast really underrated. That's good value. I like Tig Allen more than the other corner they drafted out of Florida, Marco Wilson, who they drafted at 136 overall, who I thought was like a borderline draftable prospect. To be quite honest with you, I thought he was more of a, like a sixth, seventh round guy. Like I thought I had Tig Allen higher on my board. So uh, I don't hate the Rondell Moore pick. I get where they're going. They want to surround their quarterback with playmakers. I probably would have went cornerback there, but I see the plan. Yeah, I mean, you, you you took the words right out of my mouth. Tay Gowan was a was my favorite pick by a mile, and I think uh, you know we talked about him on the defensive prospect show. I, I liked him as a really deep sleeper prospect. I was shocked, shocked really that he went in the sixth round. I mean, this guy's a top ten corner prospect on my board. He was top seven for me really, and he went in the sixth round. Great value uh, by the by the Cardinals. And yeah, I agree with you. If I had to pick, if I had to pick one that I would say is the worst pick, I would go Marco Wilson. But I mean, that's not saying I wasn't a fan. There were some things I saw with Marco Wilson on film, but it was just a little inconsistent for me. And then Rondell Moore, great pick for where they got him. And I think he's really, really going to stretch the field for the Arizona Cardinals as a secondary piece to what they already have with DeAndre Hopkins. I'll give the Cardinals draft. I'll give it a C plus. I'll give it a C plus. A little bit above average, but. Yeah, wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my least favorite. No, it, it wasn't. There wasn't anything that made me go, "Oh my god, it's the Cardinals." But there wasn't anything go that made me go, "Oh, oh," you know. It was. Yeah. It was like a middle of the road draft. So C plus from uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so we'll move on very quickly. Again, we're going to be you know hopping through these pretty quick. A lot, thirty two teams to get through, and then we have to do Kenny Chesney, Mount Rushmore at the end. So we will. Uh, We'll have our conversations where need be, but we definitely want to uh, just try and speed this up and, uh, you know, while being thorough, of course. So the Atlanta Falcons obviously started this draft with Kyle Pitts. Not a big surprise. We had him going number four on the mock draft show. But, I mean, overall, I would say the Falcons had a uh, had a pretty good uh, good draft there, Jake. Yeah, pretty solid. Um I think a lot of people think it's a lot better than what it was. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, we'll just get right on into it. My favorite pick was Drew Dalman, the center out of Stanford. David Shaw raves about this guy. Like, this is a plug-and-play. And with – is Alex Mack still there or he, he's gone, right? He's gone. So, that, that's a plug-and-play center right there. Make no mistake for Matt Ryan. Uh, keep him upright. My least favorite, I thought Richie Grant, 40th overall, was a little too high for me. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was a little bit of a reach there. I really did. I, I didn't. I didn't really love the player. I didn't hate the player, but it's more of a round three grade for me than uh, you know, that high round two grade. Yeah, I mean, my favorite, my favorite pick was Jalen Mayfield. I had him as a as a round two tackle slash guard. He can play anywhere. If you want to put him at left tackle, right tackle, fine. You want to play him at guard, totally fine. Like I said, I ha- I had him going in the second round, went in the third round, 68th overall. That was great value for the Falcons. And you can really see with this draft, with Dahlman and with Mayfield, that they really want to keep improving that offensive line for Arthur Smith's run-heavy offensive scheme. And that's where Drew Dahlman comes in. He actually graded as one of the best run-blocking centers in all of college football last year. The only problem with Drew Dahlman is that he was also graded one of the worst pass protecting centers in all of college football last year. So you got to find that happy medium with Dolman. I liked him. I love what I saw on film. And I think for scheme fit alone, great, great job by the Falcons in terms of identifying Drew Dolman and getting him in here. Um, my worst pick for the Falcons, I, I mean, Kyle Pitts at four. Nah, I don't want to cap. I don't want to say worst, but I will say this. It's a tight end at four where if it doesn't pan out, the Falcons are going to look silly. But Cat, man. He, he is a unicorn. He is a unicorn. There is no way that it won't pan out. I, I mean, if you really want one that I, I would say, you know, wasn't necessarily the, my favorite pick in the world, uh, Taquan Graham out of Texas, the defensive lineman in round five. Uh, I had a, a seventh round grade on him. I wasn't necessarily the highest for uh, Taquan Graham. But, I mean, Kyle Pitts – I, I listen, I think as a unicorn, I think is going to pan out. I think he's going to be fine, but there's a lot of risk involved with taking a tight end number four overall. Yeah, I know we got to move on, but to me, he was the best non quarterback in this draft. So I think, I think that was the appropriate pick, yeah. um, especially where they had as a team. So yeah, no, see what you're saying now. no disagreement there. I get, I'm going to give the Falcons here for a grade. I'm going to give them a B minus B minus for this. Draft. I'm going to give them a B. Okay. All right, I, 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 can, uh, I can definitely uh, respect that thinking there, Jake. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is just, it's a typical Ravens draft. Killed it. Getting value at appropriate spots. And these guys are probably going to be plug-and-play options pretty fast for, uh, for Baltimore. So, uh, Jake, you want to uh, best and worst pick, sir? I can't even give a worst pick here. I'm being 100% honest with you. I'm looking at these names like even Ben Mason – out of Michigan. Okay, that's a plug and play. That's Kyle Juszczyk coming mm-hmm. into the league right here as a fullback. Like, as more of that H-back, you know, can contribute in the pass game. That's and that's a big thing, especially with the scheme that they implement in Baltimore, that power running triple lot. That's, that's a big deal, especially they missed Hayden Hurst last year. All right, Mark Andrews missed Hayden Hurst a lot, and he was asked to do more of those blocking responsibilities. He wasn't cut out for that. And then Boyle got hurt last year. Like, Ben Mason – He's got them covered. Um, for me, the best value, believe it or not, 
was Ben Cleveland at 94th overall. To me, that's a plug-and-play nasty guard. He's just your typical Raven offensive lineman that's just going to bully you in the run game. He's going to clean up some pass protection issues. But when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, he's just going to do his own thing in the pocket, man. So I don't think those issues will appear. He was a little stiff for me um, coming out, but he's an absolute mauler on that offensive line. That, that to me. And they got my guy Jason Owe, who I was high on. Even though Rashad Bateman was a little bit of a – for me, he wasn't a first-round player. It's it's the Baltimore Ravens. It's Ozzie Newsom. You have to trust their judgment there. So I give the Ravens an A plus. They killed it. Interesting. I'm not I'm not in the same ballpark as you with the with the A plus. There is one pick they that killed I did, it that I did not like. Um, but the value pick for me is Sean Wade out of Ohio State. If he had not come back for the 2020 season, he. He, he would have been a day two pick in the 2020 draft. He would have been, but he came back, completely killed his, his draft stock and was taken in round five. Now, Baltimore is the perfect place that is going to really utilize what Sean Wade is really good at. I don't see Sean Wade being an outside corner. I do see him being more of a slot corner at the next level. But if you can tap into what Sean Wade was, this could be an unbelievable pick that we're looking back on and saying, wow, how did Sean Wade fall around five? The worst pick for me was Brandon Stevens out of SMU. I had a sixth round grade on him. Baltimore took him in round three. The problem with, with me with, with Stevens is that when he went up against faster receivers, he got burned 99 times out of a hundred. His athleticism really didn't jump off to me on film all that much. I think Stevens could be more of a safety at the next level, more so than a corner, because his ability to read the game was was what I saw that I really liked. But in terms of his overall athletic traits and his overall testing ability, it, it didn't jump off the page to me. So I don't really see him as a corner at this next level. If they want to move him to safety and he could be a uh, really, really good safety, then that's fine by me. But I don't see Brandon Stevens as a corner. I did not see him being drafted in the third round. So for me, that was a bit of a, a bit of a reach for uh, for Baltimore. But this is a B plus draft for for Baltimore. Uh, they one of the best drafts that any team had for me. Yeah, definitely in my top four. Oh, probably in my top five or six. I I, I would say they had a really really good draft. But this is Baltimore. It's, it's it's just what they do. It really is just what they do. All right, so moving into the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jake, best worst. I'm gonna be honest, with you, this was one of the worst drafts. I I really did not like their picks early. They they picked a couple of guys late that I see a couple things with. Okay, there there's good value there. Gregory Rousseau, not my cup of tea. I wasn't very high on Boogie Basham. I know you were, but just didn't do it for me as an older prospect. I I I thought that no. Like, I know a lot of people had first-round grade on him. Just wasn't there for me. DeMar Hamlin, though, was, was a good value. But I, I, I think this was a, a really bad draft for, for Buffalo. And, I listen, they draft really well, so I could look like an idiot. But these were players I, I really wasn't high on. And this isn't just because they play in the AFC East. It's just my personal opinion. I, I, I told you all about how I didn't really like Rousseau and Boogie Basham in the defensive preview. So, yeah. No, I didn't like it. This is this is a C minus for me. One of my least favorite drafts. Very interesting. Very interesting. I actually like this draft from Buffalo. I liked no. it a lot. 
Rousseau I mean, is a first round pick. Uh, if any, if anything else, they get an A plus in terms of just drafting the prospect with the best name in this entire draft, Rashad Wild Goose. I mean, what gets better than that? That that's just fantastic, fantastic. And yeah, and and he he could play. He could play. He was really really good in man coverage for uh, for Wisconsin, getting that in the sixth round. Not too shabby. I mean, we talked about Rousseau. I, I'm not a fan of of that in the in the first round. I mean, he could make Jake and I look really, really stupid. But for me, Rousseau is just not a guy that I particularly liked. But he's going to a really good spot for him. And I think, you know, I I also had said that with Rousseau. He was very spot dependent. And I think this is a really, really good spot for Rousseau. Now I kind of struggle with, okay, if you took Rousseau in the first, why did you just go back-to-back edge rusher with Basham in, in the second? I don't really know why they did that. But Basham, for me, he has this unbelievable burst. His his on-the-ball ability is ridiculous. He just gets the quarterback with extreme consistency. The old the older prospect, I I, under, I understand that for sure. But for me, he just has the tools of a first-round player that was drafted in the second round. But um, for me, my favorite pick here was Rashad Wild Goose. My least favorite pick was Greg Rousseau. I gave the Bills a B. B. I, I I like this draft. It wasn't something I'm going to look back and say, you know, wow, it was an exceptional draft. But was it a terrible draft? No, I don't think so. Mm. All right. You know, agree to disagree. We have to disagree on the show, Jake, because everyone will just think that we'll just we're just uh, caddying to each other. Maybe. Maybe. Carolina. Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule. Uh. Jake, I'll go. I'll go first in this one. I'll go first in this one. Change, change it up a little bit. Um, in terms of my favorite pick in this draft, I mean, Therese Marshall in in the second round is just is unbelievable value. I mean, medicals really kept him from being a first round pick, in in my opinion, he is a monster of a human being as well. I think he's really going to give Sam Darnold something a little bit different um, with. Carolina so I think he's going to be on the field you're going to see a lot of him and him with Robbie Anderson DJ Moore that's a really 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 good uh, offensive trio for for Sam Donald to uh, to throw to uh, in terms of my least favorite pick I mean I don't think I really I mean you could you could complain about JC Horn at eight over Sertan you can complain about it I know people that liked Horn more than Sertan. Uh, I wasn't one of them. I like Sertan more. But, I mean, there really wasn't anybody that jumped off the page for me as, you know, it was a reach. Maybe maybe if you want to say Tommy Tremble in the third round out of Notre Dame, potentially. But he was someone that prior to this draft just flew up boards because he was just someone that everybody talked about. So I mean, it really, it wasn't a super draft for Carolina. It wasn't a terrible draft. This is another. B, this is another B draft. I really thought they killed it. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, I told you somebody told me that hey, J.C. Horn is on a lot of teams' big board as the number one corner. In most cases, the number one defensive player. And I guess one of those teams was Carolina that he was alluding to. Um. Yeah. Um. But to me, I agree, Tommy Tremble was a little bit of a reach. He kind of needed to show me a little bit more as a receiver. 
at Notre Dame to warrant a top 100 pick, but it was a, a watered-down tight end class, so maybe that had something to do with it. My favorite pick, though, for them is – how about Brady Christensen at number 70? That's, One of your that's, guys. That's really good value there to me, and this was a guy – like, he was a borderline top 50 player for me. Like, he was – he did it all. Maybe a little bit older um, of a prospect, but otherwise, like, you know, like Walker Little – Went ahead of him in the draft. Yep. Uh, the kid from Clemson, I'm, I'm drawing a blank Jackson here. Jackson Carmen. Jackson Carmen. I I had Brady Christensen over those guys on my board. I'll tell you that. Like, it was hard keeping him out of my top five um, of, ta- of offensive tackles, um, to be quite frank. So, that was my favorite value pick there. What would you give as a uh, grade for uh, for Carolina? I thought Carolina gets an A-. minus. Mm, okay. All right. I, I, I thought they really knocked it out of the park. I haven't given that an A yet, so I uh, I think of being maybe, maybe being I don't a little harsh. Yeah, I, I I'm going A minus. I thought they they did really well, and they got one of my guys, Chuba Hubbard, too, to be McCaffrey's yeah. backup. I think that's a great spot for him. Dynasty pick for all the dynasty players. If you have McCaffrey, man, you gotta get Chuba Hubbard. Go fucking get him. All right, the Chicago Bears, Jake, best pick, worst pick, grade. Daz Newsom was my favorite pick. Uh, worst pick for me was Khalil Herbert. Not one of my guys coming out of the draft. My grade for them, I thought they got good value. I'm giving them a B. They went up and got their quarterback. Yeah, I give them a B. My favorite pick for the Chicago Bears was Thomas Graham out of Oregon. Opt out from 2020. I couldn't believe that he fell all the way to the sixth round. The opt outs this- got killed. The opt-outs got absolutely killed. Absolutely killed. No questions asked. But this is a guy that I think at the NFL level, you're talking about a real quality starter that the Bears were able to get in the sixth round. Unbelievable value uh, there taken by Ryan Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So, I mean, give credit where credit is due in that regard. Khalil Herbert was my was my least favorite. Again, not one of my guys either. And it's just another running back that you're adding there. I mean, you have Damian Williams there. You have Tariq Cohen. You have David Montgomery. Now you're going to add Khalil Herbert. It'll be interesting to see how they use Herbert, but not one of my favorites. Uh, it, it's a B plus, B plus draft for uh, for Chicago. Still searching for that one A draft that I have not given out yet because I am harsh. But yeah, B B plus draft for Chicago. Really, really top heavy with Justin Fields getting him an eleven. That was a, that was just a trade that Chicago absolutely needed to make. Get their franchise quarterback and hopefully Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace can keep their jobs off of that. And I say, hopefully for their sake, not for mine. And then Tevin Jenkins in the second round. I mean, unbelievable value. How the hell he was there at 39. I have no idea, but really, really, really good start to the draft for Chicago. And then they got value late on. So B plus for me for, uh, for the Chicago bears. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Oh God, where, where, where to even begin? Yeah. To me, this was one of the worst drafts too. Um, I really think all their – I think their first four picks were not the right ones. I do think Tyler Shelvin at the LSU was a sleeper. Um, even then, was still a little rich, but we're not working with much here. For me, Jackson Carmen, 46th overall. No, man. No. Like, you, you could have went with Panay Sewell yep. and just reunited Joe Burrow with Therese Marshall Jr., Yep. And you, you fucked that up. 
at Cincinnati for you. Great, Jake. This is like, I don't want to sound too harsh. They get a D plus. This was really bad. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite pick, if I had to say one, was was in fact Tyler Shellen. That was if I had to pick one. Trey Hill out of Georgia is not a terrible pick either. They do get Joe Burrow some offensive line help with two picks, one around two, and then one around six. Uh, my least favorite pick, they're taking a kicker in round five. That automatically is my least favorite. I'm sorry. In round five, give me a break. Um, uh, I mean, I don't want to be harsh. I really don't want to be harsh. D. D. It's really bad. A, re- a really, really bad, bad draft. And I, I know the allure of wanting to get Jamar Chase with, with Joe Burrow, but Christ, what good is Jamar Chase going to do if he's going to be catching passes from whomever the backup for Cincinnati is? I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. But Joe Burrow is going to get absolutely killed if you can't protect him. And so they're not. No, no. So, I mean, you're probably going to have Trey Hill. I mean, unless, unless you know, Billy Price just happens to find God. You know, you might have Trey Hill very soon becoming the starting center for Joe Burrow. And then you better hope that Jonah Williams decides that he wants to live up to his high draft stock and Jackson Carmen as well. But Jackson Carmen, he could play either tackle tackle spot or he can play guard. So he gives you that versatility, but I thought 46 overall was way too high for him, in my opinion. So really bad draft. Yeah. D for, uh, for Cincinnati. Cleveland. One of the best drafts. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. One of the best drafts. I mean, Greg Newsom wasn't my favorite corner. Thought he had a little bit of stiff hips, but I get it. They don't have a ton of needs on the team, and he has a lot of upside. There really isn't much on tape on him either of Greg Newsom. A little bit of limited experience in the Big Ten. Um, but, my goodness gracious, like we need to have a conversation here. Jeremiah owusu Koromoa. 52? What in – I don't even know, man. Uh, I get it. He had a, uh, some type of heart condition that they flagged, but – It mean, was cleared. And it was cleared? The heart like, condition was cleared before the draft. Like, and even James Hudson, hundred outside the top 100. I, like him, I liked him better than Jackson Carmen. Yeah. Better than Walker Little. Like, what? Yeah, Cleveland, to me, they get an A. They crushed it. And when have we ever said Cleveland and getting an A on draft weekend? Times have really changed. Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have done miracle work with that franchise. Yeah, A-plus a- draft. I mean, what what else can we say about what the job that Cleveland did with this draft? Holy and even Demetrius Felton, like two eleven, like that's it's gonna be a big part of their. I don't know about a big plan. I don't know about a big part of their offense, but yeah, he, he was a guy that I thought was definitely underrated in this process. It's a For pass sure. catcher. Wow. For sure. I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland got that mix of really, really good value, and hey, one of my, one of our favorite guys, Anthony Schwartz, in the third round, a little high form. I I gotta mm-hmm. say, he was more of a day three guy for me, even though I liked him. 
he was a little me. high. I, I I had him as a day two no. grade, day two grade for me, and I, no, I like he it. he his route tree is not no. But I get it. Cleveland is very good at developing players, so I'm sure he'll be fine there. Who would have thought we we would be saying that three years ago? That I Cleveland know. are very good at developing players. Yeah. No. Wild. It, it really, really is. But fair play, fair play to uh, to Cleveland. They get an A for for me. Really, really, really good draft. And the first A dished out. All right, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, all right. My favorite pick for the Cowboys, I would say Jabril Cox in the fourth round, really, really, really good value that they were able to get him at, believe it was 115th overall, if I remember correctly. Another linebacker goes with Micah Parsons. And if it's looking like Leighton Van Der Esch is going to be out the door come the end of the year, then you're looking at a linebacking trio of Jabril Cox, Micah Parsons, and Jalen Smith for the long-term future of the Dallas Cowboys defense. Not too shabby. I also like the pick of Josh Ball in the fourth round as well, 138th overall. He just has massive, massive off-the-field red flags with the uh, domestic violence accusations and charges that were levied against him. But you're you could be potentially looking at the heir to Tyron Smith at left tackle. For the Cowboys, I had a day two grade on it on him without the domestic violence issues, but obviously, you know, legal precedents to hurt his draft stock a little bit. And if I had to say the worst pick for Dallas, uh, Nashawn Wright out of Oregon State did not have him as 150, 150 player overall. So, and getting him at 99 was just not, wasn't great value for me, but this could be a draft where Jerry Jones, Will McClay, Stephen Jones looked like absolute geniuses, or they are going to be holding themselves and asking what the hell happened. Uh, so this is a, it's a, it's a C plus C plus. Yeah. To me, I'm going to be honest with you, the best player in terms of overall value, even though I do like Cox a lot, like I mentioned is Israel Mukamu. Like this was a guy to me that was a borderline day two guy. Like this is a very versatile player in the secondary that will can he'll be playing for the Cowboys from the jump. Like this guy can cover people. He doesn't really have. He, we don't really know if he's a corner or a safety. When I watched a lot of J.C. Horn, I'm like, who who's this other corner for South Carolina? Like this this guy is, yeah, like at 227th overall. Goodness, great. This guy was a borderline top 100. This was like 150 prospects for me. I don't have my rankings in front of me, but I loved him a lot. I thought that was tremendous value um, right there. To me, I'm going to be honest with you. I know they needed defense. I just would have picked Rashawn Slater at 12 over Micah Parsons, but I get it. They need defense, um, but Slater was a little bit of a safer prospect for me, and if I think if they knew that they can get Jabril Cox in the fourth round, I, I think they might have went another direction in that first round. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right, but I think again the just the pressing need for defensive help because even even last year, you know, when when the offensive line, when Tyron Smith was you know in and out of games and, and things like that, you know, Dak Prescott still was able to hold his own even with a battered offensive line. I know, it's just but that, still, de- that defense is just diabolical. Well, they got they got completely screwed with Sertan and Horn 
yeah, they got completely screwed. And it happens every year. I'm surprised the Jets didn't try to trade up with them. At, I mean, for Elijah Vera Tucker, that's interesting that the Dallas did trade back. Maybe they were really high on Parsons, but uh, yeah. All I know is that if they were offered the same deal that the Giants were offered to trade back and Dallas said no. Oof. Yeah. God. Yeah, I give Dallas a, a C. Yeah, we're in the same ballpark there. Yeah. It's just, it's a C, C-plus draft that could very easily be an A, could very easily be an F. Yep, exactly. Very, very, very easily. It has Jerry written all over it, too. Yes, it does. If there is ever such thing as a Jerry Jones draft, this is it. I mean, taking a reality TV star probably three or four rounds higher than he should have gone with Nashawn Wright, of course, Mr. Last Chance You. I beat. oh, God. Hey, hopefully it, it pans out for him. And, and Dan Quinn got what he wanted. He wanted long corners. He wanted big corners. Got it. So yeah. go, go to work, Dan Quinn. All right. Moving on to Denver. Favorite pick for me, Quinn Miners. One of my favorite small school prospects in this entire draft. Third round. Great value there. Uh Jamar Johnson as well out of Indiana in the fifth round where I had a day two grade on him. Great value there. Um, there's one pick I didn't like so much is Baron Browning. I mean, we, we talked about Baron Browning. I just thought that there were, there were some things with him that were a bit inconsistent. Um, and, you know, and that's me being a little nitpicky. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the Broncos an A minus a minus. It was a really, really good draft for them. Yeah, my favorite pick for them was Quinn Miners, too. We talked about him a great deal. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Patrick Sertan was probably their worst pick. With Justin Fields sitting there at nine, I think you probably should have went quarterback. You know, you're um, I'm probably not the right. Big, I'm not the biggest Justin Fields guy, but at the end of the day, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater with those receivers, to me, I think that was Justin Fields' best landing spot, too. No, like more corners, like that's tip. No, like I, I hated that pick. Well, we didn't talk about this. I mean, we talked about it. We, Adam and I did an emergency podcast about this uh, Thursday morning before the draft when the Aaron Rodgers news decided to just break the day of the draft. Could this be a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers? No, and just real quick, I don't think he's traded. I, 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 I'm not buying that. Nope. I, I, don't, have... I, know, I know Jake is, is one of those guys where there are certain situations that are fixable and there are certain situations that are not fixable. Jake, is this a fixable situation or is this a not fixable situation? 100% it's a fixable situation. 100%. How does it get fixed? A new contract doesn't hurt. Um, and also, I ultimately think the general manager is fired at the end of this. If it's either him or me, like they're choosing, they should be choosing Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's what I would do if I own the franchise. I would say, buddy, we're going to have to demote you to, uh, you know, bookkeeping or something like that. Or player personnel, like. I don't know. I do whatever it takes to fix the situation with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because you're, you're you're not starting Jordan Love week one with that not roster. A no, no. Not so I, a chance. And the Packers are smart enough too. Like this isn't Brett Favre with Aaron sitting behind him for three years either. Like shortened off season last year. Jordan Love's not ready to get on the field. Um. So yeah, it's fixable. So we move on to Detroit. Best pick was. Penny Sewell at seven. I don't know how the hell he got there, but uh, fair play. I mean, I'm going to be 
I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real right now. There is not a single pick of Detroit's that I could say that I hated. Maybe yeah, even- the only thing that I would say that I was a little bit meh on was them going back to back defensive line with own own Muzuruki and McNeil in two and three when I think they could have gotten a receiver there. Therese Marshall was still on the board in round two. They could have gone in that direction. But Ifutu Melifanwu in round three, Amon Ross St. Brown in round four, Derek Barnes in round four, who I had a day two grade on. I I like it a lot for for Detroit. I I like it a lot. And huh, I, I – I teeter on A minus B plus. It's it's that kind of draft for for Detroit where I thought everything that they needed to do. Where they're not a contending team. There's not a team. There's not a draft that puts them over the top or anything like that. But it's very solid draft for a new head coach, new regime to really begin to lay their blueprint and the foundation for what the future of the Detroit Lions hopefully will be under them. So I'll say A minus B plus draft for for Detroit. B plus for me. Um... Again, there's no pick here I really hate. Uh, I wasn't the biggest Amon or St. Brown guy coming out of the draft, but just outside the top 100 is appropriate for him. So, yeah, I mean, oddly enough, Detroit had one of the better drafts of the weekend. Let's go to the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to his team, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, God. Um, I mean, if I had to say worst pick, Eric Stokes, in the first round, I did not have a first round grade on him. Late round two, early round three grade for me. Uh, best pick if I had to take one. I would say Shamar Jean Charles out of Appalachian State. He was a he basically was a corner that took away a side of the field for Appalachian State. So uh, round five, great value there. But overall, ugh, not not a draft for me. Uh, a D. Uh, to me, this gets a C. Um, I didn't think Stokes was a first-round player, but I kind of see it. He does have some elite traits, especially the catch-up speed is pretty elite. He's one of um, the fastest players in the class. Josh Myers wasn't my favorite, but Amari Rodgers will make Aaron Rodgers happy, I think, and was what they needed, a good slot receiver there. So I'm going to go with the C. It wasn't my favorite draft. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> it's time. It's time to talk about the Houston Texans. It's just honestly a waste of time. I, I hated every single one of their draft picks besides Brevin Jordan at 147. <sighs> I mean, it's kind of tough. I mean, you don't have a fir- pick in the first two rounds. like Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't a big Davis Mills guy, so. Yeah. I mean, God. That just shows Deshaun Watson, you're, you're, you're out the door. Deshaun Watson's probably suspended for the season anyway at this rate. Probably. Yeah, I, I I doubt we see him. I doubt we see him. And, you know, them taking Davis Mills with their first pick of the draft in the third round says everything you need to know about where the Texans are with Deshaun Watson. It's, it's done. Whether for it's Deshaun or the Texans. Yep, it's it's done. It's, it's done. It's, it's honestly a waste of time. Like, this gets a D. Um, just brutal. I would say... I would say this is a D, but I'll be I'll be more open minded when it comes to Nico Collins. Big time recruit for Michigan that just never produces a Wolverine. Has everything that you want in an NFL caliber receiver. 
has the size, has the hands. The problem is you just never had the quarterback at Michigan. Problem is now he's not going to have the quarterback. He's not going to have that kind of quarterback in uh, in Houston. So, you know, I don't know where that's going to really uh, go to. But, uh, yeah, Nico Collins is probably, if I had to pick one, would be the pick for me with Houston. But this is a, this is a D. This is a D. I agree. So let's just go on to uh, the Indianapolis Colts sticking in the AFC South. Uh, favorite pick for me, uh, I'm going to go with um, – I mean, I like Sean Davis out of Florida. That was a good pick. Uh, Sam Ellinger in the sixth round in terms of just a backup that can yeah. run with Carson Wentz. I think that's fine. For the inevitable Carson Wentz injury, I should I should really say, and Quiddy Pay in the first round of twenty one, really really good value there, but not my not my cup of tea. I thought this was, I thought this was a, a surprising draft for Indianapolis, not their strongest for uh, for Chris Ballard and company. A C minus, C minus draft. I'm giving them a, a C plus. I thought Sean Davis was a tremendous player. Yeah, and Quiddy Pay at twenty one. Um, the tight end at SMU, Granson. Yeah, Kylan Granson. Thought that was a little bit of a, a reach for me, but the very blah C plus draft. A little because Chris Ballard, I'm giving it a C plus, but anybody else, I'd probably give it a C. So we do love Chris Ballard here. Do love him. Great guy. Great guy. Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, his first draft with the Jaguars. Very reminiscent of a college draft. And, of course, what Urban Meyer draft class would not be complete without him taking someone from Ohio State and Luke Farrell in the fifth round, who I did not have a round five grade on. I had a round seven grade on Luke Farrell. So that is my worst pick. And if I had to go for my favorite pick, I would probably go with Andre Sisco out of Syracuse. Like the value there. Um, this, I, is a, this is a C plus, C plus draft. Yeah, I didn't love this draft either. Worst pick for me was Walker Little. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, made no sense there. My favorite pick, Tyson Campbell at 33 is a great pick, man. He should have been a yeah. first-round pick. Yeah. And I, I do love Andre Sisco too. So the secondary, good. Offensive pieces, no. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's not, not my cup of tea kind of draft, and I think Jake and I are in the, uh, in the same boat there. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, not really a lot to uh, to talk about here. Um, I mean, this is just another draft where I don't really have anybody that I didn't like. Uh, Noah Gray, probably, but I mean, tight end. I mean, you're not really going to require him to be playing high leverage snaps. So not really a big deal. There are two picks in the second round. Brilliant value. Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. So I'm going to give I'm going to give this a B. I'm going to give this a B. Sol- solid draft with very limited picks for Kansas City. This is an A minus for me. Interesting. I, I really love this draft. Um, Bolton Humphrey, both two of my guys. Trey Smith for me was the fifty-third player on my big board, and he went two hundred twenty-sixth overall. So yeah, and I'm not the biggest Cornell Powell fan in the world. I think he's a little too raw, but yeah, for me this is an A minus. This really helps the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl chances and aspirations um, a good deal and that doesn't really happen from the draft so from that perspective it gets an a minus they get that sideline to sideline linebacker offensive line help maybe another receiver i mean who knows so yeah they get an a minus for me good job by andy reed 
Yeah, I mean, with Trey Smith, I was told that one of the biggest reasons he had fallen was medicals. He had uh, blood clots in his lungs. Yeah. It was a tough uh, process this year. Yeah, yeah, very, very tough. But, hey, he fell probably three rounds, probably where what I would have taken him if not for the medicals, and he ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs. So how bad can that be if, you are, uh, if you're Trey Smith and, of course, pushing him all of the best? Okay, Las Vegas Raiders. Hmm. Um, I will give them credit for one thing and one thing only. They're taking swings in the secondary. They're taking home run shots. They're trying to find someone that's going to f- be the puzzle piece that's missing here for this Raiders secondary. Taking three safeties, one corner. Then getting the edge rusher in Malcolm Kuntz from uh, from Buffalo. I mean, Alex Leatherwood in the first round. Oh, God. Yuck. I mean, Darisaw was there, and they didn't take him. I mean, Jesus. Even, even Tevin Jenkins would have been better. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins was absolutely there. Tevin Jenkins didn't go into the second round. So If you if you would have switched uh, Trevon Merrig going 17 and Leatherwood going 43, Maybe your outlook might look a little bit different for John Gruden and company, but I just really don't see. I, I feel like they try too hard to be, oh, we're going to be the smartest guys in the room here. And just hasn't been panning out for John Gruden and company. So that's all I got to say there. Uh, I'm going to give this draft. Uh, I'm going to give it a C minus. It's a C minus for me as well. Yeah, it's it's just an eh, eh sort of draft where hopefully Mike Mayaka, John Gruden know what they're doing. But they have the job security. So that's, I guess, uh, that is, I guess, what matters is that they have the job security and they can go and do whatever they want. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, God, where to even begin? Where to even begin? My favorite draft. My favorite draft by a mile. Asante Samuel in the second round. 47th overall, unbelievable value. Josh Palmer, one of my favorite receivers in this draft. He is a perfect outside receiver where when Mike Williams probably leaves town at the end of the year, Josh Palmer can slide right in as the outside receiver in charge out in Los Angeles. Uh, Nick Neiman in the sixth round linebacker out of Iowa. I had a around four grade on him in the sixth round. Great, great value there. Uh, Rashawn Slater, 13th overall, really, really good. Uh, A-plus a draft for Los Angeles. Really, really, really well done. Yeah, me too. Uh, Ashante Samuel Jr. was a first-round grade for me. Got him mid-second round. Can't hate on that. And Josh Palmer, too, for me, was one of those sleeper wide receivers. So Justin Herbert gets another another weapon. I thought Trey McKitty was a little interesting inside the top 100, a little rich for my blood if I had to pick one there. But yeah, and overall, I, I give this draft an A. Get one of my, get two of my favorite players. Let's stay in SoFi Stadium. Let's go to Stan Kroenke's team. Kroenke out the Los Angeles Rams. Um, well, they got the one thing that I thought they needed was a speedy receiver with Tutu Atwell. But it's like they have about five other receivers. So it's just kind of like they're just adding more to the stockpile of pass catchers that they have. So 
Matthew Stafford's going to have some speed for sure to do out well with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. But outside of that, I thought Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas was drafted a little high for me at around sixth grade on him, went 130th overall. Uh, this is like a – it's a D-plus draft from uh, from the Rams. I agree. Um, no offensive lineman. Disgrace. Like, what? That's like one of the biggest needs with a veteran quarterback that doesn't really move well in the pocket. Yep. I give it a D. D-plus, not my favorite draft from Sean McVay. Nope. I would, I would agree with you, Jake. All right. Miami favorite pick for me, Liam Eikenberg in the, in the second round, 42nd overall, a great value there to protect your young quarterback. Definitely someone you're going to plug and play on that offensive line right away. Worst pick for me. I'm going to go Hunter long out of uh, Boston college. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of his, but there are scouts that absolutely love him. And if you're Brian Flores and you want to employ something of what was very familiar in new England with two tight end sets, with Hunter Long and Mike Isicki, I understand the thought process there. So uh, I'm going to give this an A minus, A minus draft for Rafa Miami. I thought they knocked it out of the park. Eichenberg for me as well. Um, and they also got my number one safety, Javon Holland. He yep. was the first safety drafted. I was, it brought a tear to my eye. Um, Hunter <laughs> Long for me was a major reach. No shot. He was a top 100 player. No, no way. But a grade? I'm giving them an A minus. I thought they okay. killed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you, Jake. Really, really, really good draft for, uh, for Miami. All right, Minnesota. They got your boy, Kellen Mond. Uh, Kellen Mond, that's their guy next year. Yeah, might be. I love the fit. I do, too. I love it. They got Wyatt. My favorite pick other than Mond, of course, who, you know, I love Mond, is Wyatt Davis as well. Yeah. 66, that's a great pick. Jets had that pick, but... Is what it is. Um, water under the bridge. We got our guy Elijah Vera Tucker. So, yeah, I, I love the Minnesota draft as well. Um, it's hard for me. I wasn't the big Chaz Sir guy, um, as everybody else. Just didn't really do it for me. Out of North Carolina, so I guess I would go there. It was a little bit of a reach. So I'm, I'm still giving this draft a B plus, though. I, I really liked what Mike Zimmer and company did. Favorite pick of this draft for me was Wyatt Davis. For sure. I think, you know, when you had you had the opportunity if you were in Minnesota to take Elijah Vera Tucker, but you trade you traded back, you got more assets in return, you were still able to take this extra third round pick and we're able to get Wyatt Davis, who plays the same position and I think is really, really good. I'm not gonna say he's as good as Elijah Vera Tucker. That's crazy. But Wyatt Davis is, was a really, really consistent player at Ohio State, really, really good guard. I think he's gonna translate to the next level really really well and one guy i want everyone to keep in a an eye on uh amir smith marset out of iowa i think he could end up being one of the best deep threat receivers coming out of this draft they got in the fifth round i had a round late round three grade on him so really good value there i'm giving this an a minus draft for uh for minnesota i liked it i liked it a lot they filled a ton of needs and they went all over the board just to try and, you know, really replenish this roster. I don't think this is a draft that really, you know, screams, oh, yeah, Minnesota's getting back into playoff contention this year. But a lot of the things that I Next think year. everyone was kind of talking about with what Minnesota needed to do, they got it done. 
in, in this draft. So fair play to uh, to Mike Zimmer and uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And of yeah. course, and of course, my guy Rick Spielman, great guy, great, great, great guy. All righty, the New England Patriots. I gotta say, really good draft. Really, really, really good draft. Mac Jones. Mac Jones falling to them at fifteen. They didn't have to trade up to do it, which is, I'm sure, Bill Belichick must have had a smile about yay wide. A Christian Barmore in the second round. I, I know I said that Christian Barmore needed a more elite presence around him, but I think in New England, where you have Bill Belichick there to really coach him up, and he's boys with Nick Saban. You know, if there's anybody that knows what Christian Barmore is going to need, it's Bill Belichick from just having a cup of coffee with his boy Nick Saban, quite frankly. And then Ronnie Perkins as well at 96. I had a late round two grade on Ronnie Perkins that they were able to get at 96. Really, really great draft for New England. This is an A, A draft for New England. Yeah, um, to me, it's a B plus. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Ronnie Perkins. Wasn't my favorite edge rusher. I didn't have that high of a grade on him. I thought, I don't know, a lot more people are higher on him. I guess the value is not bad at 96. But for me, Cameron McCrone at 177. If he can stay healthy, that's a three-down linebacker. Yep, and that's I a steal of a pick. In New England, where they know how to develop defensive personnel, I give them a B plus. I, I like. I mean, I hate to say it, but this was a really solid draft for Bill Belichick and company. New Orleans Saints uh, reached a little bit in the first round with Peyton Turner. I think they got some value in the second round with with uh, Pete Werner out of uh, Ohio State, one of my favorite linebackers in this class, and probably got, if all else fails with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, probably got their quarterback for the future to try and develop with Ian Book. Uh, still not my kind of draft for me. This is a D-plus. Yeah, Peyton Turner, who I was high on, was not a first-round grade for me. Um, he was more of a mid-second-round type of guy for me. He still has yep. a little bit uh, more to develop, even though I, I did like him coming out of the draft. Paulson Adibo at 76, great pick. Yeah, Ian Book was terrible. Um, I, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but Sean Payton knows quarterbacks better than I do. Um, this gets a C-minus, very underwhelming from the Saints. Let's go to Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, and the New York football giants. Again, you know what? Fair play. Fair play. I, 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 don't, I don't think with the Giants, this wasn't a draft that I thought. They didn't draft guys that I absolutely loved, but they drafted guys that I thought with where they were, be, where they were being taken were excellent value. And that's what this was. This was a value draft. Aziz Ojolari at 50th overall is a joke. That is an unreal pick by the Giants. And then your boy Kadarius Tony at, at 20. Um, I know I went off on the Giants fans for all the Giants fans being upset with them taking Kadarius Tony. So, uh, Jake, the people have heard from me about this. Give give you a little spiel about uh, about. Kadarius Tony and what the Giants are getting. This is a, a B plus draft for for the Giants. Really, the well Giants done. are getting their number one receiver. Plain and simple, he's the best receiver on the roster. It's just a shame this year he's probably not going to put up the numbers that we all ex, you know expect. Um, 
they needed they traded back and stockpiled picks for next year when they get a quarterback. So I guess that was good. Aziz Ojolari fell due to a medical concern. Um, so I can kind of see it there. But to me, the best value, Aaron Robinson at 71. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable value. And I even liked Radarius Williams. Like I thought yeah. he was definitely a top 150 player for me coming out of the draft. And yeah, like I can't even find a worse pick on here. I give Dave Gettleman and company a B plus for this weekend. I thought they really knocked it out of the park. Um, to be quite frank. So let's go to the New York Jets, and I'm not even going to say a word. Jake, go ahead. Well, the first four rounds, my goodness gracious, like talk about a start of a draft for a team that their offense was unwatchable for the last, like, five years, uh, give or take. Day three wasn't great. Day three was not my favorite. I did, I'm going to be honest with you. I never watched any of Jason Pinnock out of Pitt. I didn't watch any of Brandon Eichels out of Kentucky. I didn't watch any Jonathan Marshall. But I did watch Hamza. Hamza Nazaruddin. To me, he was a day two guy. I, I was very surprised he was there in the sixth round for them. I think he is going to absolutely tear it up in this Robert Sala defense um, that needs that weak side linebacker. It was weird because the Jets lost out of Keanu O'Neill in free agency. He was very familiar with defensive coordinator Jeff Albrecht and that scheme that they're going to be implementing in New York, it just seemed like they tried to find a Keanu Neal type with Jamie and Sherwood, who I did not like coming out of the draft, maybe more of a linebacker than a safety. He just doesn't have the speed to play safety. So one of these guys, hopefully Hamza, their undrafted free agent class. I know when I thought about undrafted free agents was really solid with Kenny Aboa, the tight end from Ole Miss, um, Tristan Hodge, the guard from BYU, uh, Hamaklar Rashid Jr., um, the edge rusher, and Isaiah Dunn, the cornerback from Oklahoma State. I'm giving Joe Douglas and company a B plus. I thought they had a good weekend. If they had a better day three, I think they would be getting a higher grade. But the first four picks, my goodness gracious, what what a start. Um, and their best value to me was my number two rated running back, Michael Carter. To me, he was a late second, early third round pick that they stole at 107. This guy's going to be a beast. I had written down on my uh, my sheet when I was just going through all the picks, everything like that. Zach Wilson, number two, A. Elijah Vera Tucker, number 14, A. Elijah Moore, number 34, A. Michael Carter, 107th, A. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah, that, that's really it. It's like defense, yeah, it is what it is, but the offense is in a way better situation. And you we you liked Elijah Moore a whole lot more than I did. I love Elijah Moore. I, I knew the second they made that pick, I said, wow, it's a great pick. Probably the end of Jamison Crowder in New York, but probably not a bad thing. I heard he's staying, Crowder. I asked well, uh, hey, somebody. Not a bad – that's not a bad they, thing either. They they want – and I was like, hey, you know, is Crowder, what's the story looking like? They want – as much depth at wide receiver, they do not want to fall into the same trap that happened with Sam Darnold where guys off the practice squad were starting. They want to be five deep at wide receiver, like yeah. just in case of injuries. And let me tell you something, man. Corey Davis, Rondell, uh, not Rondell, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims. It's a nasty that, trail. They, they could do some damage with a quarterback yeah. that's a wild ass like Zach Wilson. I'm I'm pumped. I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm I, – Day three could have been better, like I said, but it's it's hard to be upset by that with the first four picks for offense around the quarterback, Zach Wilson. With Mike LaFleur, Adam Gase gone, I'm pumped. 
And you know what's kind of crazy is my favorite pick for the for the Jets was Hamza Nasrul Dean. Love that value. I was sure Hamza was still too. there. Loved it too. I have a uh, late round three grade on Nashville Dean. I was shocked that he fell this far. And he's someone I think immediately you could plug him in as Robert a Sala. perfect, perfect partner so to Marcus What's your ben grade? In the backfield. I gave this an A minus. I was higher yeah. on, the, on this draft class than you are. I'm actually kind of surprised. Yeah, I thought that, you know, I would have liked Trey Smith. I would have liked another guard sure. um, instead of like Pinnock or Michael yeah. Carter the second. Well, but I think I didn't I like think Michael Carter are, the second. There are a lot of still veteran offensive linemen out there where I think, you know, if the Jets were to bring in some bodies during camp, wouldn't surprise me one bit. There's still some holes that the Jets can Christian fill, Hodge. but I think overall they did an unbelievable job in terms of just getting talent onto this football team and surrounding Zach Wilson with that talent. Like you said, Jake, not making the same mistake that they did with Sam Darnold, getting Zach Wilson help on the offensive line, getting him guys to throw to, getting guys that can run the football. Michael Carter, great draft by by the New York Jets, A-. minus, Really, really, really well done there. Go get Richard Sherman, my last comment. Go get Richard Sherman, Dallas, my last comment on that. <laughs> Robert Sala, all gas, baby. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, all gas. <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Um, Interesting. It, it, very, very, very interesting draft. A my phenomenal favorite pick, draft. My favorite pick was Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Miles Sanders, you have uh, company on your doorstep, sir. Uh, my least favorite pick, probably Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech. But it wasn't like it was a huge reach. I had a mid-round four grade on him. They took him at 73rd overall. So it wasn't like a huge, huge reach for Milton Williams. I, I liked it. I liked the draft. It wasn't my cup of tea necessarily, but they got value in key areas. And I think Kenneth Gainwell has a real chance to be a star in, in this league. I like him a lot. So uh, B, B draft for Philadelphia. I think they absolutely nailed this draft. I really like this Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey's replacement right there. He could play guard even right away when he's healthy enough to play. Yep. And then next year, there's your center, Devonta Smith. Ph- phenomenal. Milton Williams, I didn't really agree with. I'm going to. Um, side with you there it's really it like I, I i feel like the first two picks was really all they they needed yeah just jalen hurts has a fighting shot now that you, you can you can see what jalen hurts says now um yes. I, and I, and kenneth gainwell by the way a little note on kenneth gainwell apparently showed up overweight and out of shape at his pro day and really did not play well yeah, I did. I did hear that, and that that is what led to his fall. Because there there were people that before had him as a mid day two pick. Yeah, and just fell off. And Philadelphia, Philadelphia got great value in round five with Kenneth Gamble, and they also got great value in with their very last pick at this draft with Patrick Johnson out of uh, Tulane. Yep, absolutely. A lot really, of people compare really him to pick. Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I see it. I see it. Violent hands really quick off the ball. I just, I just don't, I didn't get it when they also took Teron Jackson just around before in round six, but Patrick Johnson round seven. I mean, it's great value, great value. I'm not, I'm not hating on the player at all. I think he, uh, he's a really, really good player for, uh, for Philadelphia. This is a, a, a B draft for, for Philadelphia. 
All right, so let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> God. Um, I mean, if you want another great name, Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin. Great I did name. love Kendrick Green. I thought that was a really solid pick by Pittsburgh. Yeah, I thought that was a really good pick uh, there too. And then the another, another one there. was uh, Quincy Roche out of Miami. Another really, really good pick they got in in round six. I would say that a lot of this draft class comes down to the first two guys with Najee and Pat Fryermuth. Not premium positions. Not exactly. Not premium positions, but if they pan out, nobody's going to complain at the end of the day. Uh, it's a C minus for me, but is, an, is one of those drafts that can very easily be an A minus depending on how those first two pan out. I agree. 100%. Same for me as, uh, on my end. All right, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. Jake, uh, Trey Lance. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not – everyone knows my my stance on Trey Lance. I hope they keep Jimmy Garoppolo for their sakes to play this year. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, Ambry Thomas was probably their best pick. Outside of that, I thought all their other picks sucked. This was one of my this – is, this is a C-minus for me. Borderline D-plus. <sighs> I hate Trey. I, I wasn't a big Trey Sermon guy. No, I, I'm not a Trey Sermon guy either. I don't think he translates very well to the next level because when people people remember the last three games that he played in college, but people also forget there was a whole season before that, and Trey Sermon was still in a backfield committee with Master Teague for a large majority of it. Uh, this is a D-plus for me, but again, a lot of this comes down to what Trey Lance does. If I had to say there's a pick that I really liked, exactly. Ambry Thomas, I like that a lot. He was a top 100 player that they got just outside the top 100. And then Aaron Banks in the second round, I thought it was a really, really solid pick for them. But again, this entire draft class comes down to Trey Lance. Because for me and for Jake as well, this should have been Mac Jones. I don't know why it wasn't. I don't know what they saw with Lance. They didn't see it with Jones. Maybe it's the dual threat ability. I don't know. But it comes down to Lance. He, he that's that's the make or break for uh, for this uh, for this group. All right, Seattle. This one will be really, really, really fast. Yeah, three picks. Yeah, three Dwayne picks. Eskridge, that's it. Yeah, I, I I like it, but the problem is I did not have a round two grade on Dwayne Eskridge. I had him more as a late third, early fourth. I'm gonna give this a D, but it's harsh because they only had three picks. That he was in my range, late two, early three. All right, so you were, you were higher than Eskridge than I was. Yeah, but other than that, it's like, I mean, two other picks. Like, this isn't yeah. a draft class. Yeah, you can't really give this a uh, an accurate uh, an accurate grade. But Dwayne Eskridge, great situation with Tyler Lockett and, of course, DK Metcalf. So hopefully the new Corey Davis will uh, be able to live up to his, uh, his potential catching passes from Russell Wilson. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um... I thought I thought there was a fine draft, fine draft. I mean, fair play to Bruce Arians for uh, not draining the clock all the way down to the thirty-second pick in the first round, just turning that card in within like sixty seconds to take Joe Tryon. So, thank you very much, Bruce. I I really appreciate that. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say KJ Britt out of Auburn. I like that pick a lot. 
if I had to go with one that I wasn't necessarily really sure on, Kyle Trask, I mean, damn it. I I was a big KJ Brick guy, too, coming out. I thought that was really good value. I had him definitely higher than 251, to say the least. Uh, Again, for me, Kyle Trask, oh, that's – he was a day three guy for me. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. I thought it was a little high, but you know what? They're bringing him in, and he could sit for two or three years while Tom Brady plays till he's 45 years old. So he'll yeah. have time. He'll have time to marinate. But uh, yeah, this is a, a B minus, B minus from uh, from Tampa Bay. All right, uh, two more, Tennessee. Huh. I'll tell you, another really, really, really good draft for uh, for for Tennessee. I mean, bringing in a couple of receivers, Des Fitzpatrick, Racy McMath. Should be able to do some uh, some nice things for them, but this is still A.J. Brown's time to shine if you're a fantasy player. Uh, Dylan Redunce out of North Dakota State, one of my favorite picks in this draft. Man's an animal, even though he's a little undersized, a little underweight, but it, it, the point of contact with him, he mauls people. So. He, he, makes, he makes up for past sins with Isaiah Wilson last year. Yes, he does. That is that is the attempt to make up for uh, for past sins. I would agree. And then Caleb Farley. At, um, at, yeah, at, at no, 22. I love him. Yeah, I know you do. Unbelievable, unbelievable value. I had in the mock draft Greg Newsom going there, but that was only because Caleb Farley was gone. And, and they, Elijah Molden, one of my favorite players too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's going to fit perfectly in the slot for them. Rashad Weaver, some legal issues, but I liked him a lot coming out of the draft. This is an A minus for me. I'm sorry. There's a lot of potential here. This will this will either be like, holy, this is a generational draft, or like, okay, these guys all are hurt, you know, disciplined, didn't pan out, drafted too much potential, but the potential is definitely there for this draft. Yep. I would agree with you, Jake. I would agree with you. This is an A, A draft for uh, for Tennessee. All right. The last team we are going to be covering, the Washington football team. I mean, Dimey Brown in the third round, uh, excellent. Benjamin St. Juice in the third round, excellent. Sam Cosby in the second round, pretty solid, pretty solid there. Jamin Davis in the first round. I thought it was top a little twenty top twenty pick. Hey, you said it. You you did say it. I thought it was a little high for me, but no doubt this kid can absolutely play. So I, I'm going to give this an A minus, A minus draft for uh, for Washington with uh, Dimey Brown being uh, being my favorite. Dimey Brown for me. Uh, this was a really good draft. Uh, Shaka Tony. And how about, hey, shout out BYU Cougars. Dax Milne. In the seventh round. In the seventh round. I heard that the Jets were, if he fell out of the draft, I heard that the Jets were going to be lining up at his door and he was ready to join um, Zach Wilson in New York. That was the word on the street. That's maybe why Washington drafted him as opposed to letting him go to undrafted free agency. Um, he was almost Mr. Irrelevant, too. Yeah, they weren't. Matt, Zach got a good kick out of that. But, no, this is a solid draft. I thought Jamin Davis was a little bit of a reach, but that was just more so on gut. I did like yeah. the player, but he was outside my top five linebackers, um, and he was a top 20 pick. Well, uh, Dax Milne, I had heard that there were at least 10 teams that wanted to, he, to bring him in. He would he would have went to join Zach Wilson in New York. Yep. I, uh, I, I do agree with you, uh, Jake, so – a really, really, really uh, good draft for Washington. A minus, A minus for me. I think this is a uh, really, really, really good draft. It's a B plus. Yeah, I, we're we're in the same uh, same ballpark there. Okay, that is it for the draft coverage. Let's get into Kenny Jesse Mount Rushmore, shall we? 
So, Jake, since you are new to the Kenny Chesney fandom, I will give you the first overall selection here, friend. Summertime. Good choice. That's a very, very good choice. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Come Over. Okay, that was one of my picks. Great song. Great, I'm great, going, great song. I'm going with All the Pretty Girls. Damn it. That was one of my picks, too. Shit. Um... I'm going to go for I'm going to go for you and Tequila. That was almost on the list. I'm going with setting the world on fire. Damn it. Oh my god. You're you're killing me cuz you're taking you're taking all the ones that I have. Um hmm. Let's see. Please don't take mine. Please don't take mine. Crap. I did, see this is a problem is that there's so many. There's so many that I want to name. Um I'm going to go for I'm going to go for no shoes, no shirt, no problems. Okay, it wasn't on the radar. I'm going with when the sun goes down. Ah, with Uncle Cracker. Great song. Yeah, great song. Shout out Kenny, great guy. Love him. He's he's a fantastic fantastic guy fantastic guy. We should go, we should go see a show sometime. We should. It's a TBD uh, online. I looked uh, MetLife Stadium TBD. Yeah, that the the, uh, the tour was canceled for uh, for this year again. Mm. Again, we, we would have been out, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? I, there's uh, there's a uh, local um, drinking establishment down in Wontaw that does uh, that does you basically you get you buy your ticket. But then you pay, I think it's like 75 bucks or something like that. They bring you to the show, feed you, bring you booze. You get to go, have a great time. You don't have to drive. You don't have to waste any fucking gas. You can get plastered. Don't have to worry about driving back. They take you to the show. They pick you up. They bring you back. Great deal. It's a fantastic deal. I did did it one year, and it was the last time I saw Kenny. And I I would never go back to driving in MetLife, ever. So – yeah. Kenny, we love you. Great guy. Um, all right, my last my last pick. Um shit. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for uh I'm gonna go for Road in the Radio. A good one. Very, very, very uh good song and one that is near and dear to my heart for various reasons. All right, so for Jake, for our Kenny Chesney Mount Rushmore, very quick Mount Rushmore, but one that had to be done nonetheless. Jake has selected Summertime, All the Pretty Girls, Setting the World on Fire, and When the Sun Goes Down. And I have selected Come Over, You and Tequila, No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problems, and Road in the Radio. So, Jake, thank you very, very much for another wonderful episode, a loaded episode that we were able to get done in just under an hour and a half. So that is great job by us radio professionals radio professionals absolutely and thank you very much for listening to the basement talk podcast you can find us wherever you find your podcast and make sure to check out the basement talk podcast fantasy show and every other show under the basement talk podcast family of podcasts 
Remember, scheduling change for next week. Adam will be here on the Basement Talk podcast next week. We'll be talking a little bit of hockey for the NHL playoffs, which are quickly approaching. We'll be talking some baseball, some basketball as well. Jake will be on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show for an episode next week where we are going to be doing dynasty, 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 dynasty. So for all the dynasty players out there that are wondering, hey, where's Dynasty getting some love on the fantasy show? Well, that is your episode, your time to shine. We are answering any and all Dynasty questions that you have. I have been getting a ton, so thank you very much for that. And we will have definitely have a mailbag on next week's Dynasty show on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show when we uh, cover, of course, rookie drafts. We're covering startup drafts. We're going to be answering some of your questions as well on the do's and don'ts of dynasty dress, especially ones that are more startup. So definitely tune in uh, for that one. So for Jake Simone, I am at Birdsall. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we'll catch you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast. Bye-bye.